You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hurricane Katrina and its nasty sister, Rita, did more than destroy the landscape of New Orleans. It destroyed bonds between people and their beloved pets. Residents of New Orleans were ordered to evacuate their homes and leave their pets. For far too many, losing homes and possessions didn't measure to the depth of despair of being separated from their pets, some not knowing what happened to them. There's a movie you must see, you must share with others. It has a one-word title, Mine. And I have a one-word description for it. Wow. What really happened the weeks, months, and years to people and their pets from New Orleans after those hurricanes? The person with the answer is here. She is our special guest today, the director, producer of this award-winning documentary, Mine. Please welcome Gerilyn Pezunaski. Welcome to the show, Gerilyn. Hi, Arden. Thank you. Wow, I mean, Gerilyn's going to share the amazing stories of some very special dogs named Bandit, Murphy, Max, and more right after this commercial break. So, sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones, actually. Sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume Super Long Lasting Sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6-ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? Pawfume, P-A-W-F-U-M-E. This valuable information comes from your pet. There's nothing like a wagging tail or friendly paw to lift your mood. They're therapeutic and make us feel good. Studies show pets even reduce stress, prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and fight depression. So there you have it. Pets are a daily dose of good health and happiness. Pets Add Life. To learn more, visit PetsAdLife.org. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Obehave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Last night, I shared my sofa with my dogs, Chipper and Cleo, and my cat, Murphy. And together, we watched a new documentary called Mine, M-I-N-E. I wasn't sure what to expect. During the 80 minutes, the documentary was so riveting, so emotionally jarring, that all of us sat in silence, stunned by what the movie revealed. Mine takes you to New Orleans during and after Hurricanes Katrina and Rita. It takes you into the lives of pet-loving people from that city and beyond. Many Katrina dogs and cats were adopted by families throughout the United States. And the displaced people from New Orleans who lost their homes and jobs, for many, they struggled to get their pets back. Custody battles arose. And you will see that emotional tug in the movie Mine. Gerilyn, you, wow, you took on a big task. And I think you're showing some things about the impact of the hurricanes that many of us, including pet lovers, had no idea what was going on. So step back a bit. What inspired you to bring your camera crew to down to New Orleans? You know, I think that, like everyone else, seeing what was happening in New Orleans, you know, it was just unbelievable on the level of what was happening to the people, to the city, to, you know, to culture in this country. And you see that happening, and you just think, wow, what, what could I possibly do? And it just... I knew I needed to do something, and as soon as I started seeing the dogs on the rooftops, I mean, to me, that image will never leave my mind of seeing a dog stranded on a rooftop. And I had a friend who went down and volunteered in the week after Katrina rescuing pets, and she came back and brought these photos that I wouldn't even begin to try to describe to you what I saw in these in these pets and, and in their eyes, and I thought, this is what I need to do. I need to do something to respond to this situation that's happening. And so I got in touch with, you know, I, I thought, how can I be of most use? I thought I'd fill my car with dog food and crates and go down there and do what I could. But as a film producer and video producer in the Bay Area, I thought, well, maybe there's something else I can do that could have a longer lasting effect. And so I got in touch with the Humane Society of Louisiana who had lost their facility and basically lost everything like everyone else and asked them what I could do and they asked if I would come down and film and create a series of of PSAs to raise money and raise awareness around what was happening. So that's what I originally went and did. Wow. And at the time, you know, you've always probably loved pets, but your other movies and all had nothing to do with pets per se, correct? No, I mean, you know, I love dogs. I love kitties. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I'm definitely <laughs> an good. animal lover, but I def- never sort of thought I would spend four years of my life and energy, you know, every waking minute <laughs> on them. So, yeah, it, um, but it, it definitely, as soon as I got there, it definitely took hold of me and, yeah, it has really changed my life. So you're living in the San Francisco area and you're doing all this because as the movie shows, it does follow several years after the hurricane struck. I mean, were you living there, going back and forth, or what was your situation? I was going back and forth. Originally, I shot for about six weeks. And while I was there, I fostered and then later was able to adopt one of these, what we call Katrina dogs. And 
so, but I came back, I cut these PSAs and I went back to my life with, you know, my dog and about six, six or seven months after Katrina, I got a letter from best friends from whom I was fostering her and they told me that I could now adopt her because her original owners weren't going, hadn't come forward. And, you know, I had a little tick at that moment of, huh, okay. But like everyone, I thought Katrina was done. I thought, you know, it's been six, eight months. This whole thing is done. And shortly thereafter, I heard about the first custody battle, you know, the first custody battle I became aware of and thought, whoa, hold on a second. There is so much more there. And literally within four days, I was heading to New Orleans. And the last four years, I've just been going down there as the stories have evolved and unraveled. But as well as New Orleans, I've, I've I mean, our story stretched all over the country to Canada. Right. The lady that was helping, there's a, I want you to share if you could, I hate to, I don't want to spoil the movie. I don't want to do a spoiler alert, but I was totally enamored by this old full-blooded Creole by the name of Malvin Cavalier and uh, his little white poodle bandit and then the gal that helped him from Canada. So let's give a little movie tease. Can you share their story? Well, Malvin is, I mean, you you fall in love with him instantly, and I'm glad to hear that happens in the film as well as in person because he is just the most charming, Just you just fall in love with him. So he, I met him. He told me the story about how he built a boat when he <laughs> heard Katrina was coming. This is, I mean, this is the kind of just spirit, you know. He was like, I built a boat, and, and then the winds were too strong, and the boat was no good, so he had to go to the Superdome and um, was heartbroken to leave his companion bandit behind. You know, his wife had passed, and it was just he and bandit, and he was everything to him, and he had to had to leave him behind because they wouldn't allow you to take your pets to the Superdome. So, so and how began. old was Melvin? I'm sorry, because people need to know this country gent. He's, he's not a youngster. How old was he when you first met him? He was 86, uh, 85, almost 86 years old. Wow. He was almost 86 years old. So, yes, so here he is building this boat. But um, yeah, he's so inspiring to me. This, this the energy this guy has. If I can have that at at half his age, you know. Yes. Yeah, so that began sort of this saga for for Melvin, and and he, like many, was displaced for many many months. Um, he was in Houston, and when he finally got his FEMA trailer when, and was able to return, you know, Bandit was long gone, and um, he really just didn't have the means or the resources to know how to track this animal down, and. There enters Sandra um, Bauer from Canada, who, like many, many, many volunteers, you know, sort of felt this and and felt how, um, you know, the distress of people who were separated from their pets. And she took it on to to, to help him. And she, I mean, she's a very inspiring person to me. Well, she had some interesting uh, observations on life in the United States from a Canadian perspective on what are we doing here, (laughs) you know? I, I just thought she was such a, um, she just had so many poignant things to say. I think that just made it really about humanity and, and not a really, not a narrow story. Like it really transcends Katrina and it, and it's really about the bond we have with our pets, but also how we are to each other in this world. I think you're right. And I think in the movie you, you do talk about, it's not a necessarily black versus white or rich versus poor, you know, and there were some comments made in the movie from people saying look these people in new orleans they didn't spay or neuter their pets or they didn't get them on heartworm they don't deserve to have these dogs back yet you go to the people from new orleans and some of them were like what are you talking about i love my pet that's pretty powerful 
And you see, you know, you see where people are coming from on both sides, and it, and it all stems from this love of and desire to protect pets. But yeah, I think a lot of people did feel that way, and that's why there was a lot of resistance to to returning pets. There was somewhere in the movie where one of the, I believe, a shelter group said, "Look, if we give people three years, up to three years, to claim their pets back, that's going to just be like a house of cards for shelters everywhere." who will never know if adopting out a a dog or a cat in, say, Oceanside, California or Fort Lauderdale will bite them in the butt later on because somebody will say, wait a minute, and there will be a lawsuit. So what's happened with this, because this was an unusual circumstances and, and, you know, there's a lot of custody battles going on and all, but can you kind of bring home a little bit about this precedent potential setting that uh, people from New Orleans fighting months and years trying to get their pets back? Yeah, um, well, there's a lot in there. So, I mean, absolutely, I think that was the dilemma, and I don't think that that can be discounted. I've heard a lot of rescuers and animal advocates say, you know, if you set it up right, people are going to want to do good, and if they go into it knowing that it's a foster, people are going to be willing. So I've had some people sort of discount that and say, I believe in human nature and and this doesn't have to, you know, being able to return pets and, and, and if this should happen in another disaster, sorry, I just fell apart on that one. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Could you remind me your question? Well, the point is it's, it's kind of chilling because if you're a shelter group and or a rescue group and it's been a year and someone's fostering a Katrina dog or cat and they're like, okay, well, I think we can yes, you get to finally adopt this dog or cat. It's yours. In the case of like Tiffany and, and Jeremy, with, with Jeremy, there's a, a dog named Max, also renamed Joey. So they're thinking, yeah, that's our dog. This is our yeah. dog. And then the original owner's like, wait a minute, that's my dog. And then the shelter groups are saying, uh-oh, now what? Because if there's this unlimited time when some of the original owners can claim their dogs, that could have a devastating effect on the people's willingness to adopt. Absolutely. And I think Tiffany and Jeremy are, uh, I mean, I think you really see in how Tiffany and Jeremy's story started, they didn't think they were fostering. They were told people aren't coming back. They abandoned their dogs. He's yours. You know, you are saving this dog because there is no one who wants this dog on the other end. And they really went in with that mindset. And I think that really affected what happened for them once they found out that Victor was was looking for Max and other people who entered into it in a different way where this is a foster, you know, it was easier for them to let go because they, as much as they attached, they always knew that there may be someone loving on the other end. And so I think that really affected it. But, but you really get the dilemma for the rescuers and you get the dilemma for the, you know, the woman on the a phone call with Jesse Pullins who says, I did my best. I held on to your dog way longer than I was supposed to, almost a year, maybe even longer than a year, before I put him in a home. And I I really gave my heart and soul to finding a home that would be loving for this animal. And beyond what, you know, the idea of what that does for adoption, if if people have that insecurity of of your dog is going to be pulled away there was the whole sense that if you move this dog again you're putting him through another trauma and i think that was a real fear for a lot of people in this right i agree and the good news listeners is you don't have to just listen to us talk about the movie Geraldine is kind enough she's going to be offering two free copies of this documentary 
mine. Very easy. Listen closely. The code word is, or well, code words properly, New Orleans. If you're the first to email me at Arden at Ardenmore.com, you will get a copy of this movie, Mine, which you desperately need to have. You need It will really shake up your whole mindset about human nature, the love we have with our pets, and gives you probably an insight into New Orleans that you never even fathomed before. So the code word again is New Orleans. That's real easy. Arden at Ardenmore.com. We'll post the winners and in my newsletter, Arden Moore Knows Pets, as well as in this radio show. So this is a very nice, generous gift you're giving us, Gerilyn, but, you know, we need to get the message out, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I also want to say, like, as much drama as there is over pets in terms of the custody battles, and you know, I think I, what I hear a lot from people is, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle watching this film. I think animal people are very sensitive and they're worried. They don't want to be heartbroken. They know how heartbreaking it is. And, and I think the film is just like, you know, it is for us having pets. It's like the thought of losing a pet is heartbreaking, yet the joy that they bring us makes it worthwhile. And I sort of feel the film is the, is the same thing. There's a lot of joyful moments. and, and it's really Oh, yeah. It's not a downer, folks. <laughs> Yeah, it's really I a celebration make... of of how of the bond we have with our pets. Well, so. we're gonna get back to our special guest, Gerilyn Pizanowski, and the producer and director. This is actually your directorial debut, I understand. The movie is called Mine. It has already snared some big wins. It uh, was named best film at the San Francisco Doc Fest, and uh, the audience award for the best documentary feature from SXSW Film Festival. And it's the official selection for Silver Dogs Film Festival, and it's starting to come out. We're going to talk a little bit more with Gerilyn, where you can see it, how you can get your paws on it, right after this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash, right after these messages. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. 
Pet Planet magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Live Radio. Hi, this is Betty White, and I'm inviting you to tune in to the O Behave Show with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to O Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. As mentioned, we're talking about the movie Mine, and it's amazing. Even the cover of the uh, DVD has a depicts a dog sitting in the middle of the water-swollen backdrop of New Orleans, and on either side of his collar is a are leashes, each one with uh, a hand, as in Mine, no Mine. And uh, we're speaking with Geraldine, the producer, and let's talk a little bit. We I wanted to make sure people know that there are some beautiful, touching moments. So without being a total movie spoiler, I do want you to share what happened with Malvin and his little dog, Bandit. Uh, you want me to really spoil it? <laughs> no, I don't want to spoil all the other stuff, but I mean... Not totally, but I mean, he built a little doghouse with Bandit. Didn't he say Bandit's going to come back? Yeah, he, Malvin had such a tremendous spirit. He, every time I saw him, he was just certain that someday he'd get, he'd get Bandit back. And, and he, um, and, you know, he was just very diligent about it. And he had the help of, of, you know, an amazing volunteer who, who just worked day and night to, to get Bandit's return. And, and I think with the help of a pro bono attorney, they may have had some success, and it's a very, uh, a very moving moment. <laughs> right. And, uh, I don't want to ever spoil a director's movie, trust me. <laughs> but, I mean, there are stories that you have to share, that you listeners, that you have to pay attention to. There is a black lab by the name of Murphy who belonged to a very special older lady by the name of Gloria, and her daughter, Georgette, just was dogged, pardon the pun, 
in trying to find Murphy for her mom, there is a black Akita mix named JJ that was loved by a guy named Jesse. There's the dog Max with Victor and, and the adopted parents, you know, pet parents, Tiffany and Jeremy, and more. And I just think, I just can't, it must have been pretty uh, challenging for you to get some of these people on camera and connect the dots between where their pets went. And so how did you even do that? You know, it was it was really challenging just because as much as the, the people were looking for their pets, we didn't know where people's pets were either. And in one of those stories, it so happened that this pet was in, fortunately, had been filming out here in California, animals that had come into uh, Northern California. And it so happens that the pet that one of our one of the subjects that we had already interviewed in New Orleans was here and so we were able to get both sides of that story and and the family that had adopted him in Sonoma and their whole journey but but that one just you know these stories all sort of keep evolving so at some point we had to end the film but but there are resolutions that happen after we were finished with the film and and those we added to the DVD extras and I mean it's pretty amazing you're telling the story that that really continues to evolve just like, you know, for the people of New Orleans, they're continuing to, to rebuild almost five years later. I know, it's amazing. And, and let's just do a little, your own personal situation with your dog, Nola. Tell us about Nola and what made you say, wow, we deserve, we need to be together. Yeah, so I, I didn't go down to New Orleans at all with the intention of bringing a dog home. And, you know, you meet I met thousands and thousands of dogs who were rescued and everyone cuter than the last and with a, you know, a heart-wrenching story. And one day I just, um, I saw this little one with a snaggle tooth and I, I, I remember I actually commented on her snaggle tooth and, and one of the rescuers that had found her and was caring for her got really offended and he said, don't call my, do- don't call my dog names. And I was like, oh no, it's endearing. <laughs> and I just, I just, I remembered that little face and she was quiet back then and uh, I would come back and visit her periodically. She was at the Best Friends Sanctuary in, in Tylertown where they would bring a lot of the animals before other rescue groups from around the country would take them out. And I met her there and I would come back week after week to film and she would still be there. And I thought, why, why, why has no one taken her and what's going to happen? And, you know, I understood that the sad truth is that animals who couldn't get placed, you know, their, their fates were really uncertain. So I thought, well, why not me? Why, why don't I just foster her until her family can, can find her? So, so I did that and what, you know, they put her picture up on Pet Finder and, um, you know, the hopes were that people could find, could find their pets via that, that website. Yeah, PetFinder really came into its own, wouldn't you say, because of Hurricane Katrina? Oh, PetFinder is amazing, and I think that people know, I mean, I think the amount of, the number of dogs that they, and cats and other, even exotics that they had on their on their website was amazing, and the people who were able to track down their pets through that, and we were talking about a time when no one even knew what it was, or or that there was this place on the internet that you could go to find <laughs> your pet. So I think, and if hopefully, you know, nothing like this ever happens again, but I, I think people know now. Oh, definitely. Now, Nola was not in the greatest of shape, and how old do you think Nola was, you estimate, when you fostered her? You know, she really seemed like a puppy, and because she, and I since found out she has a neurological problem that makes her move, and her all her life she will move like a puppy because her back end and her front end don't communicate and um 
My, I have that problem too sometimes, but oh, that's not sure. <laughs> well, we all, we're, yeah. it's just not as cute on us as it is on her. Right. But um, so I, I guess she might have been about two, and I've had her for four. But you know, she's just always a uh, always a puppy in my mind. So she's just so so sweet and loving. And what's her personality like? Because she was not in a great physical shape, and I guess she was emaciated. Yeah, she was, and she had heartworm, and it was really um, it was really a challenge having to go through the heartworm treatments because she's such an energetic little girl, and we had to sort of keep her keep her very calm for a couple of months while we went through those treatments, but she survived the heartworm treatments, and um, yeah, she's got a great personality. She's just the most loving. She's very demanding, <laughs> and uh, she talks a lot. She, really? She oh, like there Chewbacca. was that quiet dog you saw over at the Best Friends. Not. Nah. Yeah, it's always the quietest ones. Yeah. And, uh, once she got home and comfortable and healthy, then, then her sassy personality came out. We, she's definitely a, a southern girl. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. So what about some of your uh, friendships now that when you are uh, producing a documentary, it's sort of a fine line. You're trying to be this objective journalist, but gosh, you're a human too. So are you in touch with a lot of these people still? I am. I I stay in touch with a, a few of the people from the film, many of the rescuers. And uh, yeah, you know, it's and the whole reason for doing this is understanding where people were on both sides. And so I think it's natural that, you know, you sort of really, you know, you get a soft spot in your heart for everyone. And, and I feel that really across the board on both sides, because, you know, entering into this, I saw the devastation in New Orleans. I saw the level of loss that people endured. And so I really understood you know, as as well as anyone can on the outside, what people were going through who who lost their pets, but also I had rescued this pet who, you know, you have thoughts about an animal who, who is in such bad shape, and a lot of it obviously is from the hurricane, and you don't really know what their life or situation was like before, and you know you can't help but feel protective over it. So really, for me, like doing this was a was a real personal exploration about what would I do? What would I do if Nola's original family had come forward? And you know, to this day, I look on Petfinder to see if anyone's looking for her, just because I know how difficult it was and how the odds were really stacked up against people in finding their pets in this big country. You know, right? And if you're a black lab or a white poodle, you know, there's a lot of dogs that fit that description. Oh yeah. And we got to make sure. I want to make sure people know we're giving away a couple copies of the movie. The code word is New Orleans. You just have to. Uh, Send me an email, Arden at Ardenmore.com, and I think that's very kind. But where can people see this movie? What's going on in, uh, in 2010? How can people watch it? Well, we have been very fortunate to um, have the help of a distributor now, Film Movement out of New York, and they have organized, so far it's 12 cities, theatrical opening. It opens first in San Francisco on January 8th, and then we'll continue to open at cities around the country um, January and February. I personally will be at screenings in San Francisco, New York, Chicago, and New Orleans, along with special guests along the way as well. Um, and uh, and for Q and A, and then we'll also be mine will also be available on iTunes starting January eighth, oh. both for rent and for purchase. So truly, everyone will be able to watch it, and I highly recommend that you watch it with your pets because you will want them close to you as you watch it, and it 
I think really uh yeah I didn't even eat any popcorn we didn't eat a single treat we were like whoa and you could see my dog's ears and my cat when the different sounds would come up or you know, one of my, thank goodness for high def because they, I think some dogs and cats actually pay attention to what's on the screen now. And we all just sat in silence. I mean, I have a 60-pound husky golden retriever that likes to be jolly. And she was just watching, and she's a three-time shelter reject. I think, it, you know, in some way, if I'm not trying to anthropomorphize her, but I think she kind of got the movie. Yeah, I have done some screenings, um, bring your dog screenings, and we'll do more of those around the country where... I mean, I thought, what a what an I, terrible idea to have a bunch of dogs in a theater. <laughs> like, that sounds like a recipe for disaster. But we <laughs> had 200 people and 75 dogs. And you could hear a pin drop through most of the movie. See? But then there were certain times <laughs> when the dogs didn't like what was on the screen or liked it and would start barking and one would bark and they'd all bark. But it was funny <laughs> because it would happen at a time where we, as people maybe were uncomfortable or didn't like the person, you know, for the moment you didn't like the person who was on the screen and all the dogs would start barking. It was really actually a very, uh, very, very hilarious kind of moment, but it definitely um, makes the experience of watching it very special to to watch it with these. Maybe we should start having uh, canine film critics. I don't know. They might be able to get back to what's really, you know, an honest response to a movie's worth, don't you think? Keeping it real, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can just see it now. Saturday afternoon with Nola and Chipper. Woof! I gave it three woofs. I don't know. It was a dog of a movie. You know, I can see what's going to happen. You might start a whole new culture. You don't even know. What are some of the things, what, what are some of the lessons you want people to take home from this movie and this whole natural disaster? If you could wave a wand, what would you want us to do to be better to us and to people and our pets? I think we already are better. I mean, I think you can't come out of Katrina and not have learned some lessons. And and that's my sincere belief. I think people have a greater understanding of what happens when you stop taking care of people and when you don't honor and acknowledge the bonds that we have with animals and their importance to us in our lives. And so I think that, for me, is the is maybe one of the biggest things. Is like this this problem when animals are considered property and people weren't allowed to evacuate with their pets. I mean, to me, that's just really unbelievable. I mean, it's a family member. And so there is um, some legislation that has passed that um, will hopefully start to account for pets and disaster plans for, for cities and states. So I think that's one big thing. But, you know, I think with mine, I just feel like if people can watch it and come out with their perspective a little bit expanded, maybe understanding the side of it that they didn't think they were going to understand going in. Because I think people right. go in with one mindset or, or another. And I think if people can sort of get just how complicated it is and that it isn't black and white and that, you know, if we just listen to each other, we can all be a little more human. Or or maybe it's being more like like these animals that we love, you know, a little less judgmental and a little more accepting yeah, I think one of the people whose name won't be mentioned because I don't want to spoil the plot, you really did see this individual who adopted a pet, I think, come 180 at the end of the movie. And it was a very an emotional, but, you know, just filled with compassion decision. And don't yeah, worry, think- the initials are TM, but I'm not saying any more. 
And I think she's a really an amazing person. And I think she said what a lot of people wanted to say, but it, but it's too ugly to say out loud, you know? And I think she had the courage to do that and share that on film. And I think this whole experience was just a tremendous growth, growth experience for her. And well, that was great. And, Geraldine, I want everybody to dash over to mindthemovie.com, and that's M-I-N-E-T-H-E-M-O-V-I-E.com. The movie's going to be opening soon in this early 2010. So, Geraldine, how can people get their paws on a copy of Mine? Mine is available starting January 8th on iTunes. They can just go to itunes.com slash movies slash mine. And for more information on mine, our theatrical releases, when DVDs will be available, etc., people can go to mine-the-movie.blogspot.com. And that's mine-the-movie.blogspot.com. All right. That sounds great because we want to definitely check that out. And any last parting thoughts? Uh, is Nola, I want to give her a sassy Southern take on this. She is curled up in the smallest ball right now. You wouldn't even believe that an animal could get that small. Um, Did I put her to sleep or what? She's looking up at me saying, let's go outside. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Darn with this dumb Arden Moore on the radio. Come on, we got things to do, places to sniff. So what's your next project? Do you have one set up you want to do? You know, I, I think I still have another year I'd like to spend with mine because the other part of mine for me has always been having it benefit the communities that it's about, both the animals and and the rescuers. And so I want to create some kind of shelter screening program where we can take this out to shelters and help raise money for for animals and the people who care for them. So I I want to give some time to that before I start on my next film, which may or may not be about animals. Would you do me a favor, uh, Geraldine? Would you keep me in the loop on that? Because I definitely wear many collars in the pet world, and I will do what I can to get the word out for you. I absolutely will. Thank you. All right. Well, we've been speaking with Gerilyn Pezanowski, and she is the director, producer of the movie Mine. And I'm happy to have you as a guest. And I'm giving a big hug to Nola from Chipper and Cleo. They were a couple of shelter rejects, too. And uh, so I'm glad that they all have good homes. And I also want to thank my producer, Mark Winter. He makes the show happen each and every week. So everyone, go dash over to mindthemovie.com. You can learn more about this amazing documentary. And go to iTunes slash movie slash mine when it's available so you can pick up your own copy. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.